welcome to A Diary is Yes Indeed, a weekly digest of my online journal. My name is Ren Powell, but the quote, A Diary is Yes Indeed, belongs to Gertrude Stein. Like Stein, I believe glimpses into one another's daily lives makes us recognize ourselves and feel less alone. And that's always a good thing. Thank you for listening. Week 17, 2021, April 27th, the Graviton Theater. E says often lately that beginning again is everything now that we are getting older. We are guaranteed to have trip-ups that will keep us off the trail and make it difficult to lace up the shoes and get out there. The key now isn't to aim for improvement, it is to aim for continuation, to get up again, to keep getting up again. The last two days have begun with beautiful sunrises, while the weather is still clear and cold. The fire bright bleed before the sun actually rises, the still water that mirrors the sky. All this makes it easier. I lift my chest and drop my spine into the center of my back, shoulders relaxed. I let go of thoughts about work or about books, and I notice the birds. The morning dove this morning flying unusually low to the ground, perching on a low branch in the same tree where the small squirrel lives now. Three grackles were tussling mid-flight. The strangest thing was that we passed a group of people, seven maybe, walking in a tight cluster. It's unusual for people to be out so early, but it has been a year since so many people have walked this closely together. It's a sign that the county has finally stepped up the vaccinations. It's odd that I feel almost an apprehension about things returning to the way they were. I am ready, and I'm not. I think it's because I feel that I've failed at this COVID society so far. I need to figure it out before I have to move on. I feel like I've missed something important. I have no idea what it is, but there's something a lesson, an accomplishment, an epiphany. Maybe I am thinking that if I haven't found the time to calm down and do things like read for fun or go for long walks more often, when will I? When things speed up again? I'm not ready for things to speed up. Am I all alone with this feeling? Stop, stop, stop until I get my head wrapped around all of this. Of course, I'm not alone. Again, I think we can hear something over and over and think we understand it until we experience it. Get off this roller coaster is so general. It can be applied over and over in our lives, meaning entirely different things. Oh, now I get it for real. Oh, no, no, now I didn't really get it. But now... But what is the name of that ride where you stand back to the wall while everything spins and plasters you to the edges while it tips sideways? The Graviton Theater. How could I forget? That. (laughs) Who knew that the designers of a carnival ride were poets working with physical metaphors for our lives to come? When I was about six, my mother was trying to sweeten the pot when leaving me with new babysitters. They're making tacos for dinner. 
But the couple was from Mexico, and their tacos were something I'd never seen before. Creamy, greenish, bland chicken, soft tortilla shells. No cheddar, no jalapenos. What? I remember thinking it tasted very grown-up. There is little worse to this day than anticipating a dish than being presented with some twisted version of what you know and have been salivating at the thought of. I have no idea why that popped into my head. I suppose we learn that words aren't always a reliable indicator of a shared reality. I suppose it has something to do with the five aggregates, staying in the moment and not clinging to expectations. I think the five aggregates have everything to do with poetry. A good poem, in my opinion, works through all of them. Forms, sensations, perceptions, ideas, and discernment. Maybe poetry is nothing more than the attempt to overcome the limitations of words through metaphors. My love is like an overripe peach, too soft to touch without bruising in spots. Sweet, maybe, but too round on the tongue, too indistinct. April 29th, 2021 against idealization. An easy morning, walking Leonard to the park and back, and then a slow run along the trail. It's still cold, but the air is still, and the sun reflected twice on the lake, so I could imagine for a moment I was on another planet circling three stars. Birds were still in flight, mid-air brawls between ducks, or loud mating, I suppose, I guess it's time to keep an eye out for the first of the ducklings. Last year, the hens kept them well hidden. There's an angry finch outside my window now, a chattering, non-stop like someone shaking a maraca with a manic rhythm till you want to slug him. How do birds breathe when they do that? I imagine this little guy gasping for breath now, then flying off before anyone calls his bluff. A colleague tells me I can't trim the hedges yet as though I were itching to do garden work. The migratory birds are still nesting. Tomorrow is my birthday, and I'm going to have E make some paleo hot chocolate and take me to the beach after work. I'm hoping the oyster catchers are back, the curlews. I'm hoping the wind is still, but the sea is wild, white, and loud. It's been several weeks since we went to the beach, and then I was busy writing poems on stones and thinking too much. My new personal goal is to separate my day job from my personal work and fold that work into the quiet, like shuffling a deck of cards. Isn't this the image people have in their heads of what poets do? Take things easily, move through the world aware and in the moment, and then effortlessly shape the impressions into a written missive to convey the human experience, a recognizable experience an idealized experience. I don't know. Does the general reader seek the familiar? Even Sexton and Plath's pain is idealized too often. I realize I could be wrong. My teenage preconceptions of what it is to be a writer are still lodged somewhere beneath my solar plexus, gnawing at me sometimes. I'm not living up to my own fantasy. My fantasy of being the poet people say puts words to their own feelings for them. 
the successful poets with thousands of followers on Instagram who self-publish and make enough money to retire at 30. But the truth is, I don't want to do that. Not that I could, either. When I was 16, I sent some submissions to Hallmark greeting cards and was ignored. They were inauthentic. I was trying to write pretty. I am too intense for the general public, too angular for comfort. I once told a colleague that I had a nice relationship with my stepdaughter, and they asked me if she got my sense of humor. Apparently, I am an acquired taste. This is real human experience, too, though, even the being an acquired taste part. I never imagined myself as a kind of person who would sit on the beach in wool socks and gloves, who would walk through the sumps on purpose for no other reason than to inhale the smell of mud and broken branches of heather, sheep shit. I never aspired to be a poet who wrote about sheep shit. Every year I try to explain to my students the differences between romanticism, bucolics, and kitsch. Most of them don't care. Maybe I do it to remind myself. I may be coming back to that separation of day job and personal work again. I can feel my shoulders relax now. I can let in the space of the ocean air, even here in my little room, fingers on the keys. Imagination is a wonderful thing when used right. Imagination stopped in its tracks just before it hardens everything into the familiar. I'm easing into a new Ars Poetica. That's kind of exciting. And it will probably be an acquired taste. During the Second War, so many wars, they ate bread made from seaweed, their hands and feet rotted from the winter harvesting. You know, maybe anything shaped within the lines of a poem becomes idealized in the same way anything shown on television does, anything framed in a gallery. I'm just brainstorming here. May 1st, 2021, Breaking Eggs. During my 54th year, I think I figured a few things out. Not everything, mind you. Lord, what would I do with myself were that to happen? How dull slow mornings would be. We crash and burn and rise again shinier. I feel shiny, at least from a certain angle. I am putting both feet on the ground and letting my full weight fall on them. Eggshells be damned. For all the fear I've had with regard to offending people, all the care I have taken to be good, I've done my fair share of offending people anyway. I've made myself ill trying to make myself good, bending around expectations, trying to tick off prerequisites for approval, be adopted by a tribe. It turns out I'm still just not a tribal kind of girl. I'm going to be okay with that, writing without a community and with making things without permission. A big part of being shiny and new is being full of questions, not answers. When I think of wisdom, I think of the woman's voice caught in the tree or the stiff man sitting very still under it. Wisdom is still an inanimate.
And that actually doesn't jibe with what I'm aiming for as, an, as I age. I would do well to think more about a laughing Buddha. Someone commented some weeks ago on one of my meditations that I was on the right path and encouraged me to continue. I wonder who would presume to know what the right path was for anyone else? Or that there even is a right path for any individual, much less all of us. My intellect and every fiber of my being rejects that idea, and I won't begin to detail the sexist and racist consequences of charting out life experiences and insights as though they are badges for a boys' club with a hierarchy based on merit. I've been struggling with my relationship with my day job for months now. How much of this can you swallow in order to keep that? When do things reach a tipping point? And what does one do about it when it happens? I have taught for years now and thought about quitting often, but it was never because of the students. These young people who are so creative and so generous with their perspectives, when they aren't trying to teach me, they teach me. And I have come to learn from them that I teach them the most significant lessons when I am not trying to teach them anything at all. Maybe this is exactly how life should be, how deep learning should be, effortless, even if life itself isn't. My students have taught me how to deal with grief, how to deal with perfectionism, insecurity, heartbreak, crushed dreams, loneliness, not necessarily in terms of how to do things for myself, but in terms of how human beings respond to life in ways that make life richer and more meaningful, in terms of the variations of experience, solutions, resolutions. I have learned to respect people more by spending all these years with teenagers conscious that I am growing and changing as much as they are with each year. The unusual Buddha on Instagram asked if people ever thought of how they are the villain in someone else's story. I'm surprised that there may be people out there who don't. At the moment, I am the evil queen, the fairy godmother, and the crazy annoying gadfly simultaneously. I am none of these things, and all of these things. And isn't that just amazing? From how many angles have you approached the sea? Have you crossed the currents? Or have you been waiting for riptide to rip you open? I'm heading to the beach for a run now. Everything is uncertain right now, and that always helps. That was it for this week. You've been listening to me, Ren Powell, poet and teaching artist living in the southwest of Norway. For more information about my books, mentoring services, or Mad Orphan Lit, please see my website, renpowell.com, R-E-N-P-O-W-E-L-L.com, where you can also sign up for a newsletter. I hope you will listen in again next week. Until then, take care.